This is a Federal News Network podcast. The service member of the future may look very different from how most people picture the military today. The Defense Department came out with a personnel strategy for the next 10 years this week. The focus is on technology, talent, and education. It's a far leap from the World War II era grunts of the past. Federal News Network's Scott Bassione joins me now with more on this new type of DOD employee. Hey, Scott. Hi, how you doing? So what, what sort of future is DOD trying to prepare for in the personnel realm here? Right. Well, they're not preparing for the future of the sort of warfare we've seen in the past 20 years or so, which is a low impact sort of something against terrorists in the Middle East, that sort of thing. They're thinking about near peer competition against China, Russia, uh, a adversary that's very technologically advanced that will be using computers and space and everything else that you can think of uh, to thwart the United States, something that's going to be uh, very hard for them to, to work with and expensive. Uh, and it's going to also force service members to work in degraded environments, environments that may not be something they're used to or they don't have the overmatch that they're prepared to to prepared for these days. So, um, you know, something that they really have to change their strategy for at this point. And we should say this strategy is coming out of DOD's Personnel and Readiness Office. And it, it, to me, incorporates a lot of what the military services at their level have been talking about for a long time in terms of transforming their, as they say, industrial age processes into uh, more information age uh, uh, th- thought processes here. When you try to translate those ideas across all of the military services, which seems like it's probably a bit of a challenge for PNR, do they have a clear vision for how to go recruit, uh, you know, that that service member of the future vice some of the ways that they've been doing business over the past 30, 40 years? Yeah, I wouldn't say that they necessarily have a clear uh, vision for it, but they certainly know what they want, and they certainly recognize that they need to change this, what they call, like you said, an industrial era talent management system. They know that they have to bring it into the future, but the way that they're going to do it, they're still in the process of. So some of the things that they're calling into question are things like the up or out system, which is that you have two chances to promote or you have to leave the military. Uh, Something that maybe not everyone wants to do. For example, if you're a pilot, you like being a pilot, you don't want to go and sit at a desk once you're uh, in a higher rank. So, uh, you know, one of the things that they've put in this strategy is they understand that people may or that they need to put people in positions based on their skill, based on their knowledge and based on their preferences. So that's one thing that they put in there. But it's probably going to be something that will bleed down to the services in order uh, for them to actually do this, just because there's a lot of technicalities and each service is different. So I'd look to see how the services will react to this in, in the future, even though they already have in some ways in the past. But now that DOD, their centralized agency, is really kind of taking the lead on this, I think we're going to see a lot of the services pushing forward a little bit more. And of course, recruiting is a service level function, but but OSD, through a strategy like this, can help set some of the tone. Do they talk at all about how recruiting strategies in the future across the services might change? So they haven't talked too much about how the recruiting strategies might change, but more of who they're going to be uh, trying to recruit. So, um, you know, it's not necessarily like the Army, for example. They use video games a lot to try and recruit people. They don't go into that sort of detail, but they do say that they really need to get a diverse person uh, within the the uh, services. And that's not only because the the makeup of the United States is changing toward more what we now consider minorities becoming a larger part of the world, uh, excuse me, of the United States. 
but also because those people bring in diverse innovative ideas that not everyone thinks about, ideas that uh, may be ones that are more creative or more innovative in the sense of solving problems that, uh, you know, the traditional sort of person they recruited in the past might not have, have brought up or might not have thought of. And so the folks at the OSD level who are thinking about these problems, what do they see as some of the challenges to achieving all the stuff that you've just been talking about? Right. Well, I think the one of the challenges is is this, you know, talent management system that they have. It's an unwieldy system. It's humongous. Something that has been in play since World War II. Um, you know, this system is something that uh, is a plug and play sort of thing where anyone can be replaced by just a warm body almost. And uh, now they're realizing that's not you know really what they want. They want someone that is um, you know loves their job, that loves what they do, and not only that, but they want to ensure that those people have a good life and a good family life as well which is hard when you're moving around the world all the time. So they may be looking at how they change the operational tempo of things. The other issue is that this calls for a technological human being, someone that knows a lot about technology, who's digitally savvy, who's smart. And that's going to uh, really involve the Defense Department ensuring that their IT uh, is robust, that they have their weapon systems all put together in a way that these technologically savvy people can work within them. And, you know, I, what I found really interesting about this and what struck me is that there's an interplay between the service member and the weapon system within this strategy. While service members will be self-sufficient, they're also going to be constantly working with technology, with artificial intelligence, with GPS. Things are going to help them think faster and work faster. So, um, you know, it's, it, they're going to need technology to keep up with the humans and the humans also to keep up with technology. And to your earlier point about how, you know, DD realizes it, it can't just approach this with the philosophy of everybody's interchangeable. There's a big emphasis in this strategy on data, which I take to mean knowing a lot more about individual service members in order to manage the entire human capital enterprise a lot better. Definitely. And and I think that there's it's not only that, but also data as in taking in a lot of data from sensors in, in warfare as well, and then having that data crunched down into things that these service members can use to do their jobs better too. So uh, to your point, the IPS-A is something that the Army has been uh, using and developing, which takes in more than 20 different attributes of soldiers and sort of helps place them into areas that they may be best at, and then also also takes in you know side projects and things like that. You may have a passion for coding or a passion for building model airplanes or something like that. Well, why would you put that person in an inf infantry position when they could be a great cyber warrior or a great engineer and you could really cultivate that education? And one other thing I wanted to bring up now that I just said education is that education is something that the Defense Department really needs to work on in its strategy itself. It says that education is something they need to keep uh, moving quickly, help people go, to go through it and help them become more technologically savvy through education uh, so they can cultivate these really cool experiences that people have by being just wonderful people. Federal News Network, Scott Massioni, thanks very much. Thank you. And you can find Scott's story and a link to the report we've been talking about at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.